We all crave connection. At our core, we all want to feel loved and understood. Hi, I'm Nechami, founder of Carmela Cosmetics, a company that produces high-performance natural beauty products and is dedicated to uniting and empowering women through the power of color. This is We Are Women, a podcast where women speak their truth and celebrate their victories. This podcast came about as a way to give a voice to all women because we all have stories to share. It's a place where we'll learn about each other and ourselves, dive into important issues that affect us, discover all that we have in common, and make some memories. So pour yourself a glass of bread and get comfortable. Every night is ladies' night, and we are women. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to introduce something exciting that I've been doing for a while now, and I'm now opening up to all of you. As many of you know, besides from my own business experience, I have an MBA in marketing, and in addition to Carmela Cosmetics, where over 300,000 women have enjoyed our products over the past three years, my other passion is as a breakthrough business consultant. What I do is I work from a holistic perspective with female entrepreneurs and help guide you to up-level your marketing and business through different strategies, including actualizing your ideal self-image, which is so important in this day and age of social media marketing and personal branding. And we delve into your personality type to discover strategies that align with you and lead to increased visibility and profits for your business. It's so exciting for me when I see my clients experiencing breakthroughs and clarity. And this is what my passion for business and marketing is really all about. I want you to attract the right clients or customers you've always dreamed of with strategies that actually align with you. And you're not just implementing these strategies because you've been told to or you see others doing them. Marketing is constantly evolving and I want you to feel comfortable with the processes that you're using and realize that one size does not fit all, which is why I utilize your personality type when we plan our strategies. I am a huge fan of the Enneagram personality system because I see how much it's helped myself and my clients. So this is one of the techniques that I utilize to help you on your road to success. As I mentioned, we also talk about your image and personal branding, and I help you become more visible and show prospective clients the value that you'll be giving them with your products or services, therefore gaining the success and profits you've been hoping for. You can message me on Instagram or email me at nechami, N-E-C-H-A-M-I, at carmelacosmetics.com for a free 20-minute strategy session to see if you're a good fit for my program. I do have a couple of spots left open for this month, and I would love to speak with you. Now let's move on to today's podcast episode. Today's episode features Lauren Reidinger, who is the powerhouse business mogul, internet leader, and senior executive vice president of internet retailing giants, MarketAmerica.com and Shop.com. Lauren is also a fashion blogger, beauty and business expert, and internet leader. I am so excited and honored that she joined me for this episode. Lauren is a role model for myself and so many other women on how to run a successful business with your heart and soul while making family and friends a real priority. Lauren joins me today to share her story, offer advice and life lessons she's learned along her journey. Lauren shares the story of how she and her husband, J.R. Reidinger, launched a multi-million dollar empire with neither of them coming from a financially affluent background just a visionary outlook, mindset, faith, and perseverance. 
During this episode, Lauren talks about the importance of believing in yourself and of surrounding yourself with people who support and have faith in you. Lauren also offers advice and valuable guidance regarding building a business and gets into the nitty gritty and not so glamorous aspects of business building. She and her husband trusted in themselves and with the help of family and close friends who at the time all moved in with them and worked alongside them, built this huge empire from ground zero. Lauren also shares the importance of a positive mindset, saying no, building relationships, supporting other women, and valuable advice for female entrepreneurs. That was definitely the rebel of the family. Definitely the one who was always in trouble. Um, you know, I just never followed the rules. You know, I, I didn't ever cause a lot of problems, thank God. But I certainly didn't follow the rules as far as it came to, you know, what the rules were at home. I always was a, a rule breaker. I was much more of a personality than I was as far as, you know, showing up for class. You know, I was right. the worst. I was the worst that way. I, I was not good about showing up for class. I always felt like I was better as a people person. I loved people. I was always interested in talking to people and hearing their stories and what motivated them from a young girl. I loved storytelling. And I think that's why I still love it today. I loved hearing, you know, I'm always moved by people's stories. I, I can cry or I laugh a lot. Um, and so I, I love people like yourself who actually make me smile and happy. And, and I think that's such a positive trait. I think the world needs more of it, you know? So I would say that I was definitely rebellious. I was always the one who was grounded my whole life. Uh, but my mom, I, as children, we all say this, I'm one of four. I always like to think that I was the favorite. <laughs> I'm sure my brothers and sisters would say the same. <laughs> Where do you fall in the family? Oldest, youngest? I'm the middle. No, I'm the middle. My sister, well, it was my sister. And then I was uh, next. And then my brother's 18 months younger than me. And then we have another brother who was born like 11 years later, uh, which was incredible. 11 years uh, younger than all of us. So it's kind of like having like a baby all over again. So we really love that. Uh, and we're all super close. We're all very, very close. And talk every single day and love my, I'm so blessed to have a great family. Yeah. It's so funny really. because I see you post, like I've seen your post that you write like sis, my sister. And I'm just like, is that our real sister or a close friend? I know. Well, well, you know, we have, I have a lot of great friends. Like Alicia Keys is one of my best friends. So everything with us is sister, uh, sisterhood, you know, uh, the sisterhood of the traveling pants, the traveling friends, wherever you go. So yeah. And then, you know, I have a sister-in-laws and then I have friends who are sisters. So a sister's is a really near dear word to my heart, but I have one sister and uh, yeah. she's amazing. One blood sister. Right, right. Okay. Yeah, blood that's, sister. People are like, wait, are they like, how many sisters does she have? But I love it though. I love it. Exactly. But I have two, I have two real, uh, two, two brothers too. So yes. Oh, wow. Okay. That's it's awesome. Great. So a sister and two brothers. That's great. So let's talk about how you met your husband and then how you started your business. Cause that's, like, that's really cool. Yeah. It's funny. It's kind of how it evolved because I was uh, 18 and I had graduated high school already. And, um, you know, I certainly didn't have the grades to go to an Ivy League school, but I was definitely um, more streetwise, I think, than most. I was really motivated. My, my real determination was that I was going to help people succeed no matter what I did. But I was going to go to community college to be a journalist and a talk show host, that was what I was thinking at the time. And then I came across my husband who I met, who was 
you know, 19 years older than me, um, super charismatic and amazing, no money. Uh, we were, he was flat broke like I was, you know, we both had nothing, but um, he was just so charismatic and he was so intelligent and so inspiring. And I remember our conversations would go on forever. And I always felt so complete after that. Um, and, you know, we started a date and I think I fell madly in love with him really quick. Although it took him a minute, I think, to get there. <laughs> you know, he was much tougher. He was much tougher than me. I was always such a sucker. <laughs> but, um, you know, he talked to me about the internet and, you know, how things were going to evolve and people would shop and buy things online. And I thought, you know, is that possible? Because at the time people didn't have computers, you know, and uh, certainly didn't buy clothing or, or cosmetics or or shoes or anything online. And I thought, well, you know, he must know what he's talking about. You know, we have to go for this. And so we did in 1992, we started, you know, marketamericanshop.com. And that was remarkable because at the time, nobody thought we were sane. They really thought that we had lost our minds uh, simply because nobody had a computer. We were lucky enough to have a computer but most people would go to the library, right? Which are basically extinct now. <laughs> Who goes to the library? You know, it's like, I always, I always tell, I always talk to my children. I would, I'm, I'm always like, I know you don't know what the library is or a Dewey Decimal System, but we used to have to go look up things in the Dewey Decimal System in the library. But, you know, people didn't have computers back then. It just was preposterous to think that people would eventually, you know, buy products online. It just, it wasn't going to happen. And, uh, and they did. And, you know, I think a lot of, you know, no money and a lot of blood, sweat and tears and a lot of family came to the, to the forefront and really helped us get started. And that was remarkable because, you know, when you really have a mission and you're set out to do something, it's so much easier to throw in the towel and quit, you know, before you make it. Cause you know, it does take time to make any business. And I think, you know, it's that focus, that, that, that visionary, mind that mindset putting on those blinders and saying you know nothing's going to stop me I'm going to accomplish this like you know you're doing it and I'm proud of you for doing that and I think when people really set their mind to doing something there they certainly can accomplish anything you know I was mad really? in love I think he was he wasn't quite ready for me yet really? <laughs> <laughs> then I think he got used to it really fast and then he was like you know okay I'm, I'm good with this because I think, you know, he was, he had come out of a, he had actually been married before and, you know, I was 18 and like young and free spirit and was like, okay, let's do this together. And he was just uh, like, whoa, <laughs> you know, this girl's all over the place. And I was like, well, this is, it's either this or you take it or leave it because there's no in between with me. And, and he obviously bought on really quick. And now I, I like to think, and now I like to think he can't live without me after almost 30 years, you know? Oh, I'm sure he can't. You said 1992? That's when? 1992. Wow. That's the year I was born. That's crazy. Wow, exactly. <laughs> my It was the year my daughter was born. Oh, wow. You know, it was the year my daughter was born because she was born September of 92. Our company started April of 92. And it's interesting, my mom passed away at April of 93. So my mom was 42. My baby was, you know, just months old when she passed away. My mom was like my best friend and helped take care of Amber because at the time we didn't have money, you know, who was going to take care of this child? So we, you know, we all buckled up and said, you know what, we're going to have to do this together as a team. And we put her on our back and took her to work every day. And everybody, we had a playpen that we would move from office to office. Whoever didn't have a meeting took care of her. Wow. That's, That's the amazing. way it worked. And it was really, 
was a great, it's a great true um, success story, the American dream, showing that really people who do not quit, anyone can achieve anything because there was no monies. There was certainly more month at the end of the month when run, money ran out. You know, there was no fancy dates or, you know, nice cars. We all drove around in a beat up car with no, I remember I had no mirrors on both sides. You know, when I think about my life back then, I think about how much, you know, hard work and determination and passion really pays off. Wow. It, yeah, you get such an inspiring story. You're so inspiring. I read, you know, about how you did not come from money and you struggled and, you know, you had definitely like a difficult time in the beginning. And I feel like people don't talk about that enough, that difficult. Yeah. Yeah. I think people want the rainbows, but they don't want the rain. You know, people want the rewards, but they don't want to take the risk, as you know, like you're stepping up, taking a risk. And that's a big thing. You know, people are afraid to do that. They're like, well, everybody wants a guarantee, but there's no such thing. Let's face it. The only guarantee is, is that <laughs> you have to pay your taxes <laughs> and you're going to die one day. That's the guarantee you have in life. And for me, um, I felt like, you know, the only way to really have the life that I deserved was to make that life. And that I felt like most people don't understand. And the more I did it, the funny thing is the more success I achieved, the more I realized it was actually not as hard as I thought. It's just most people, as you know, they don't show up. They don't show up. Like even if you need something fixed at your house and you call somebody like fix the, the roof or you know a faucet broke, they don't show up for work. And you're like, if you're gonna be a plumber, be the best plumber you need to be. Yeah. If you're gonna do makeup, be the best at it. Don't live in a bubble and pretend you know everything. If you're going to be the best at the internet, then learn and keep learning. And I feel like, you know, people get so set in their ways. So they're so afraid of the struggle. It's easier to make excuses for themselves why they shouldn't do it. Or they're used to, as you know, not making a commitment, not keeping it. I always crack up at New Year's Eve and everybody's like, oh, I'm going to set these resolutions. And I never do that because I feel like I set goals all year long. And I feel like all people do at New Year's is they set a goal when the only commitment they make is not following through with it. <laughs> That's true. Think about it. So people end up not going through with what they committed to themselves. So you already know you're not going to commit to it. So why even make the commitment to do it? And my point is, if maybe people sat down and really did commit and really did kind of put their blinders on and said, you know what, for 90 days, 120 days, I'm not going to be interrupted. I'm not going to worry about the big party. I'm not going to worry about going out with my friends. I'm not going to worry about, you know, what I'm missing outside or TV or the remote control, what's on, you know, whatever their favorite show is and really focus on my goals. And I'm going to kind of eliminate all the negative people from my life and put all the right people around me. I'm going to make it. I, I'm going to give it all I got. And that's hard work for a lot of people because let's face it, you know, everybody wants to have a good time. Right, right, it's true. And is that how you got through like the hard times that you kept focusing on yeah. as well? Yeah, I think for me, it was really um, a checking your circle type thing. Like I really had to do a, a self-check everywhere, you know, surrounding myself with the right people. You know, I did not get to go to college, you know, even though I could go back now, I do have honorary degrees from speaking at colleges. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> which is amazing. So I think when you, can put things in perspective and say, you know what, 
I'm, I'm going to have a lot of naysayers. I'm going to have a lot of people say, you know what, Lauren, you can't do this. You didn't even go to school. But if you put yourself in a position to be around the right people for, for, for that matter with, you know, my husband, my brothers, you know, my sister, even though my brother, remember my mom passed away just months after our company started, my youngest brother was 13. So he moved in to live with us. Oh, wow. You know, I had a seven month old daughter you know, my, we were nowhere, had no money. I had my other brother, Mark, who, you know, worked day and night with us. My sister worked day and night with us. So it was a big family. Some of our friends from high school came on board and are still with us today. And we all came together and we said, you know what? There's not going to be anybody else but us. So when we need to entertain and have fun, it'll have to be with us. When we want to go to a movie, it'll have to be with us. We kind of, you know, we've done that for, well, we're celebrating our 30 years coming up. But when I think about it, my best friends have been those people in my family in the business for all these years. And it's crazy, but when you build your own little community and your own atmosphere and you create that atmosphere, you cannot fail if you pick the right people. And I did that. I, I made sure that all the naysayers were not around, allowed to be around anybody. And that, then, you know, you know, babe, that's, that's a tough one. Yes. You know, <laughs> sometimes you have to eliminate your own family. Sometimes you have to eliminate your own friends. Like I had you know, um, some family, not, not, not too distant family that was saying things like, oh, you guys will never make it. And what I did was take a mental vacation from them. You really have to, because if you don't, they're going to bring you down. And so you have to kind of say, you know what? I love you, but right now I got to cut you out of my life. Not permanently, but for now, I'm going to take a mental break from you because you know what? You and I don't see things eye to eye and that's okay. And I know you feel this way, but here's how I feel. And I can't let anything get in my way. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to do what makes sense to do for me, finally. And I think, you know, when you do those things for yourself, life really changes fast. And, and all the good things that you hope for come in front of you. But unless you can take some really hard positions and say, you know what, I've got to do this. I want to live. This is how I, I plan to create my destiny. I plan to create my future. You know, you're kind of just leaving it up for whatever happens, happens. And that wasn't an option for me. Right. I love that because it, because it's so true what you're saying that you really have to decide to take control and commit to it because so many people don't. They just don't want to do the work. Yeah. So many people don't want to do the work. And I think, you know, it's like you can put the people in front of you and you can see how they respond and you have to be willing to adjust all the time. Like, listen, on my journey of the last 30 years, Literally, I can't tell you how many people who I thought would be a part of our journey aren't. And that was always hard for me because I wanted people. Sometimes we want them. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> I know you know this because you, yeah. you go through people, right? And you, you're hoping that those people will be on your journey with you, but they're not. And so that's the kind of thing you got to bounce right back from. You got to just be able to say, you know what? This will not break me. I will not fall. I will not be crushed by this. I love them, but I got to keep on moving. And, and that's what you have to do. You have to respond really quickly because if you don't, it can bring you down. You know, it can get you, it can affect you. It can change the way you see things. And I think, you know, when I go back and I look at the people I had to take a mental break from, I still don't hang out with them that much, but I don't mind writing them and saying, hey, thinking of you, you know, dropping you a line. Cause you know that they're looking at you going, dang, that girl did it. You know, she made it happen. She's so successful. Look what she did. And that feels so good, right? I mean, look at you. I'm proud of you. Look what you're doing with what you're doing with your cosmetic line and where you've taken it. 
And the thing is, is that you can't stop. You're just growing. When you just start hitting momentum, you cannot slow down. That's when you got to push harder. Right, right. It's so true. Yeah, I remember there was a low point in my business journey when I felt so down and stuck. And then we started generating interest and partnerships with larger companies. And it brought me to this higher energy level. Like all of a sudden, my energy went up. I felt a momentum building. And I remember someone close to me who in the past had not been so supportive, their energy changing. Like, oh, wow, like so-and-so wants to partner with her brand. She's doing something cool. You know, so-and-so wants her because I had been feeling this vibe of, you know, why did you invest all this time and resources into your business? It wasn't smart. And then it just shifted once this person saw that I was on the road to success. So it's interesting how small things like that, I guess, you know, like encouraging moments. Magic moments. Yeah. Magic moments in your life that'll make a big difference for your future. And I, we all have them. And I think though, more importantly than having them, it's, it's, it's our attitudes and our minds that create them. You know, it's like I can, I actually have to be careful what I think about because it, unless it's really good, it, it really, it happens. You know, it's like I, I can have a moment of thinking about something and then I'm like, okay, I want this to happen. And sure enough, it happens. It doesn't matter what I do. And, and my husband always tells me, like, be careful what you think about because your mind is so powerful. And it's true, but I'm always grateful because I always think such positive thoughts. I'm always, you know, thinking about where we can be, what we can do next. And I think that's what's so important as as people. Like we have to see things the way we want to see them. You know, we have to, you know, that that old Nelson Mandela quote that we have to become the change we wish to see. And I believe we've lived by that our whole life and, you know, try to help people, but you can only help people so much. Cause remember, even though they were always your dear friends growing up, I don't want you to grow up without them. What are they going to do? Who are they going to party with? Who are they going to go hang out with? Do you know how many nights I gave up of fun, exciting events that I wanted to go to that I couldn't because I was building my business? doing the things that needed to happen, you know, and those are the things that make all the difference in the world. They really do. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And by the way, speaking of that, you're one of the first people to talk about mindset in business because now it's a thing, but you are one of the first people. So let's talk about that. (laughs) Well, I think it's, I think it's a matter of, um, you know, I really do understand, like you can talk all you want about a new product. God knows we, between you and I, we have enough right? We have so many that we have so many great new products though, and and products that are coming out daily. And, you know, you want people to sell them and you want people to buy them, but you know, you have to get into the mindset. Everybody has to be in the right mindset of what they can do in order to succeed, what they will do. And I always believe like, you know, well, we do these big conferences. I just finished another big one. And um, when we do them, you know, we'll have all these great trainings about, you know, what to do in shop.com and how to succeed. But I feel like if people haven't made up their mind to do what is necessary, like we just spoke about, to get rid of the negative circle, you know, to put yourself first, to put blinders on and, and, and kind of clear the path, stop making excuses, because we know excuses mean nothing. They're just simply excuses. Truth of the matter is you and I are smart enough to know that we have the same amount of time. I have the same amount of time that you have, and you have the same amount of time that I have each day. So if we don't use it wisely, we're simply wasting it. And so what happens is I tell people, you know, if you don't want to, to, to really look at those 24 hours and say, this is what I'm willing to do. These are the things I'm willing to do in my life, in my time. These are the things I want to accomplish. Then it'll never change. 
And so for me, I just make those things a priority. Like for instance, I do the hardest things first every day. Every day is the hardest things first. You know, most people are procrastinators. They wake up and they're like, oh, I want to have a cup of coffee. I want to have a conversation with my girlfriends. I want to talk to my kids. I want to do this. And I immediately, before I go to bed every night, I have a big list of all the things I have to do that are hardest things first. That's the first thing I tackle. I hit it hard. Why? Because once the hard stuff's done, I get to enjoy the day. If I decide to work anymore, great. But if I decide I'm not going to work anymore, great. But guess what? The things I needed to do to get to the next place already finished. So those are the things that I don't put off, like the procrastination things that people constantly put off. Oh, I'll do it tomorrow. Oh, but before I call her, let me call my girlfriend and see what happened with her and her boyfriend last night. They were in a huge fight. I got to hear all the drama. No, that's not me. (laughs) And I used to be that way early on, you know, I always cared about what happened here, but you know what I learned? You can still care about those things, but do it later. You can still, you know, my husband does this incredible demonstration on stage, which always sticks in my mind. Every time I see it, he takes this incredible jar and it's empty. And he first fills up the jar with sand. And I don't know if you've seen this and the sand is representative of like food, water, drinking, sleeping, playing with friends. And he fills it all up with sand. And then when you fill up that jar with sand, it's full. But then he takes an empty jar and he says, well, you know what? What if you put, take big rocks and he fills the jar first with big rocks. And those big rocks are your dreams, the things you want to achieve, the goals you want to hit. And then he takes the same amount of sand and pours it in the same jar. And the same amount of sand fits in that fits in the other one. But if you put your dreams in first, you can still fit in playing, having fun. So you, you're not cutting back on the sand. It's just you're putting your dreams first. Wow, I love that. And it's really that visual that I see him do has really affected my life. And so I've learned to prioritize really well. And I think prioritization, no chaos, elimination of negative people in your life and organizational skills are the top three things you have to do in order to succeed. You have to just clear your life. Like I cannot have chaos and clutter around me. It drives me crazy. Why? Because my mind is totally organized. So if I have an organized mind, but I have clutter around me, I get crazy. So everything has to be in order. I never go to bed without writing down the list of things that are the hardest things I have to do first thing first. And I always tell you, like, I I adore you. So do that first. And all of your your listeners do that first. If you want to get on track to succeed, do that first. Make a little sticky note. Those are the number one things you're going to do first as soon as you wake up. As soon as you wake up, get those things done before you take any other phone calls. Coffee and those hard calls. Once those things are done, guess what? You've accomplished something. But so often we go through the day and you've had one of those days. And don't get me wrong. We all have one of those days where we're like, oh my God, I didn't accomplish what I wanted to accomplish. But they happen very infrequently for me. Why? Because I just do those hard things first every day. And the final thing I would say that I really do well is I know how to say no. Oh, that's a big one. It's a big one. I feel like, um, and this could happen to you because you're beautiful and kind and sweet and you're on your way to being building your empire, right? So the thing is, is that people will take advantage of that and they want you to do this. And can you do this for me? And can you do this for me? And you want to say yes, you want to help everybody. But here's the thing, in order to help yourself, you have to know how to say no. Hard one, isn't it? It really is. It really is. Because <laughs> you, I think at, at our core, we all want to be liked. And we kind of associate being liked with saying yes, right? 
A hundred percent. That's why we keep saying yes, but it's really not. People will love you just as much when you say no, because you know what the difference is? Like and respect. Yeah. So when you say no, and if I say to you, I definitely want to do the interview, but I can't do it till April. How do you feel about that? Guess what? You like me and respect me. True. Yeah. But if I say to you, well, yes, I'm going to do it in April, but then, I mean, in, in March, but I can't commit to it. I end up not showing up for it. You don't like me anyway. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I only commit to what I commit to. I'm, I, I've gotten learned really young that saying yes to everything is really just, it's a deathbed for people who are trying to succeed. You will never be able to make everyone happy. And so the first thing you need to do is prioritize those things that are the things I want to say yes to are the things I want to do for my family, my children, my friends, the people I love, you who I wanted to be here for today. You want to do those things for people that you're inspired by or you want to see make it, but you don't want to say yes to everything that comes your way. So there's a time and place for everything, right? So when you do say yes, that you're going to go to your, your child's football game, you're going to show up and you're going to be present in the football game. You're not going to be on your phone. When you do say, I'm going to meet my friends for a movie, I'm not going to be on my cell phone the whole time while I'm at the movie. You know, if I tell my husband, we're going to go out to dinner, don't let me catch you on the phone. You know what I mean? Like uh, those are the type of things. So you're kind of setting an example of this is what I expect from you. And this is what you should expect from me. When I show up, I'm going to give you all of me. You know? Yes. I love that. This is, this is such incredible information. And yeah, I mean, you're so right. I'm just thinking of what you're saying, because I think a lot of, especially with the social media generation that we're in now on the Instagram, you know, everyone is always like on their phone, like videoing. Yeah. And yeah. I, I think we have to kind of like figure out like how to manage that because you can't really be present if you're on your phone at the same time. It, you can't. And I think that we are all, and by the way, we're all guilty of that. Right. It's just a matter of time and place. So it's, it really has to be like how you've made up your commitment, how you made your mind up that you're going to live. So for me, it's like this year, my focus this year and my only commitments to myself. So, so I'm not going to say goals because my goals are generated on paper. They have a deadline. They have a timeline. They have a date. I don't believe if it doesn't have a date, it's not real. But my only commitments to myself this year are to be a better person, to learn more, to meet more people, to not live inside the bubble. Like for me, I'm always wanting to talk and be friends with new people. Why? Because I don't want to live in a bubble. I don't want to live in the bubble that we've generated over the last 30 years and just know what I know. I want to learn more. So, you know, one of the things I love about Clubhouse, say, right, is that you get to meet and interact with so many amazing people and you can learn. Like I've learned so much just interacting with people, meeting people on Clubhouse that you kind of like, whoa. I thought I knew everything until you start opening up your mind to other things. And it reminds you that we don't know everything and that we have a lot to learn. And I think that's such an important trait for people to recognize. Because, you know, you can come across a lot of people and they'll say, oh, I already knew that. I'm, I'm always the one that says, I didn't know that. Tell me. Teach me more. I want to know, you know. Hey. Yeah, it's true. And I think that people like you, I know that people like you who are humble down to earth that are always looking to learn more, they become the most successful. That's why you're so successful because you're, you're always learning and, and you learn from everyone. Like you respect everyone. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm always motivated by youth. I'm always motivated by 
you know, what the young, I still consider myself young, but what I, I'm motivated by the youth and what they're doing and what excites them and what turns them on, because I think that they know so much more than we know. And I, I felt that way about me. I felt that way about me. Even when I didn't go to school, I felt like I had the ideas and I wasn't afraid to put them to work. And some of them hit and some of it, some of them didn't, but the ones that hit were big. You know what I mean? They were big ones that were enough to make a huge difference in our life. And, you know, I think, you know, as an example, and you're young, I mean, you don't have children yet, right? No, not yet. So when you do, like, you know, for me, I had a daughter when I was 21. I wanted to set the right example for her. I wanted her to see what it was like to, you know, be able to work and, 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 and be proud of earning your own money and not relying on being with a man, even though I love my husband and with him, I have my own money. I can make my, I've never had to ask for money. You know, and I don't want her to ever feel like she has to. I want her to make her own money. And she does today, you know, and that that type of stuff makes me proud. And I think everything I think of is about the future and, you know, the generation. Now I, I watch her and I'm like, whoa, I can learn so much from her. You know, and now you'll say, she'll say to me, mom, that's cheesy. Don't do that. You know, you can <laughs> kind of get, you kind of get back some of the stuff that you used to say to your own parents, but I really learn from it. I don't take it personally. I actually respect it. And I think there's not enough of that going on for our youth because when I say our youth, I mean, you know, anything younger than me, which is under 50. So I feel like that's amazing. And I want to learn from it. I want to experience it. I want to know more. I want to, you know, be friendly with people and get to know people. And I think most people are just afraid. They're just afraid to like, if I talk to her, then she may know more than me. And that's just such a foolish way to think, you know? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? You just reminded me of, because I see you promote and lift up other women all the time. Yeah. It's a big part of who I am. Yes. And that has what to do with what you just mentioned, because I mean, you literally, you'll, I've seen you, I remember years ago, I don't remember which friend of yours this was, but I remember you posting on your, on your Instagram, another woman's nail polish brand. Yeah, I'm sure I do that all the time. I mean, and you have your own nail polish. Look, Jennifer, yeah, yeah. Jennifer has a, a, also Jennifer Lopez, one of my best friends. I mean, she has this as her own skincare brand. You know, we all promote each other. And I, I can't think of a time that I wouldn't have done that. Or, you know, Kim Kardashian, who's one of my dear long friends, you know, we've always promoted each other's brand. I think, you know, that's the difference. I think when you can support other women and other friends and not worry about, you know, the space that you're in and, and realize that there's so much room for everybody to have a place. Instead of worrying about competing with each other, how about collaborations with each other? You know, building community with each other rather than the, the competition that everybody's so worried about. Because traditional business is such a doggy dog business. So not what you or I are meant to do. We're entrepreneurs. We want to help people. We don't see things as like, you can't promote my makeup because you have a makeup brand. That is the most craziest thing I've ever seen. And I don't, I don't have a friend who's ever not promoted mine and vice versa. And I think that's what makes us so special, you know? And I think, I think that's what makes people different. You know, I think women are extra special because of it. It's harder. I can, you know, I know men would do it. They just don't have to do it as much. <laughs> I always laugh. I'm like, hey, I want to see some of these men do this sometimes. But, you know, women really collaborate. And then they have a, an incredible power about them that lets them know what's good and what's bad. And they can see things for what they really are. So it's, it's special, you know, and I think that's what makes women great. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I love how you're so into empowering other women. Yeah, it's, it's a big thing. You know, I think 
if you can't empower other people to succeed, there's something wrong with you. You know, I feel like there's so much jealousy and hate. It's like that girl that used to tell you in school, like that dress is the dress you should wear for the dance. And you know, it looks horrible on you. You know, you look so bad in it. You know, like you, if you listen to her, you're going to look crazy. Nobody wants to hang out with that girl. Uh-huh. The girl who wants to steal your boyfriend, who wants you to look crazy, wants you to wear the ugly dress. There's so much of that hate out there that we need to do a better job as women to step up and show people that it doesn't have to be that way. And we can support each other and we can love each other and we can be motivated by each other. I'm always learning, you know, I, I have all my friends are always lifting me up and and vice versa. You know, whenever there's something that's like, oh, this happened and I wish this didn't happen. Everybody's like, come on, man, if we get back up, we're good. And, you know, you do that for each other. And that's what makes it special. That's what makes it really friendship. My circle is so, I like to say protected because I've guarded it for so many years. And I have the same friends for all these years. And I'm really blessed. But I, I'm also a good friend. And I think it takes both. I think you have to be a good friend to have a good circle. You have to be an honest friend, a friend who's trustworthy, someone that people can rely on, somebody that you'll tell the truth. You know, I'll say, hey, I think you should do this and less of this, you know, and somebody who can handle that, you know, or I'll have a conversation with one of my friends who I love so much. And, you know, she's recently single and having a great time. And I'll be like, you know, be more private. Don't put it out there so much. Um, you know, and when you have those type of conversations with people, they're not necessarily easy, but you do them because you're a good friend. Right. Yeah, that's so true. Everyone needs good friends. And in order to have good friends, you have to be a great friend. You do. Yeah, you do. And that, and the same thing is true for business. In order to, to have people succeed, you have to be that example that they want to see, you know. And that's why, like when you said, I, I loved your story too. But I mean, I think when you make up your mind to do something, you will always have that lull. You'll always have an up and down. But that's why we say whenever it's up, push harder. Because it's so much easier to get to the top when you're pushing on momentum. But when you're on a lull, it just feels a lot heavier, right? Sure. And, and you need something to spark you. So that's why we say when things are good, make them extra good, work extra hard. And what would you say when things are not so great? Like, well, how would you encourage other female entrepreneurs to get back up? I just never, never quit. Find innovative ways. I remember in, in 2013, when I was trying to figure out exactly what I was going to do with motives at the time and how I was going to launch that and, and brand it. And Instagram was just starting and I thought, I'm going to reach out to makeup artists. I'm going to reach out to makeup artists and give them motives and see what they think of it. See if they like it. See if they don't like it. See if they want to collab with me. See if they want their own palette. And I started doing new and innovative things and it became really big. I was one of the first people ever to work with influencers. Right. And it was remarkable, but I did it by myself. Like I didn't get my team involved. I didn't have all the people work for me at the company do it. I had those phone calls. I did those emails. I did that hard work. It took me an extra three or four hours every single night. I stayed up later. I slept less. I did those things, but I really do feel like that real connection is what took me to another level. And I was able to do things that other people wouldn't have done because they wouldn't have had the time. They wouldn't have made the time. Everybody has the same amount of time, but not everybody makes that same amount of time, you know, to do those things. And I think, I think during the lull, is when you, when things aren't so great, is when you have to push forward and do more. You know, that's when you have to be the motivating, you know, person behind it and saying, this is going to happen. I'm going to be the one 
to do it. I'm going to be the one who says yes. I'm going to be the one who says no. And I don't think that we've ever had a time that I can think of that, you know, we didn't have a strong push for success that we didn't, and nobody ever had, had a, you know, brainwash themselves. We were already brainwashed for success. So we didn't, we weren't brainwashed negatively. We were brainwashed that we were going to make it. And it was just a matter of time and that we were going to keep pushing through. And any lull times were just down times that we were going to keep pushing through. And I think, you know, it's like when you're on a marathon, right? And you're running that marathon. If you tell your head, I'm not going to make it to the end of this marathon, what happens to your legs? They stop working, right? You're going to slow down. You're going to slow down. But what happens at the end when you're getting close to the end in the finish line? And you tell those legs, I'm almost there. I'm almost there. You pick up, you pick up speed. Have you ever noticed that? Like, like you're like, oh my God, I can do this. I can do this. And you start to run faster at the end. Yes, totally. When you're really more exhausted, but I can do this. I'm almost there. I'm almost there. And you all of a sudden you get this burst of energy and you run and you get there faster, right? That, that happens. But when we tell ourselves we can't do something and then we slow down, legs stop working, things shut down. Right. Yes, totally. Yeah. That's great advice. Wow. Yeah. Um, it's so funny, by the way, because you mentioned that you started Motives 2013, you said, right? Well, 2013 is when I did Instagram. Right. Okay. Well, yeah, Instagram. So I remember that because I was following you from my personal account. And I remember, because that was my dream to start my own cosmetic line. So, and I was like watching and I was like, oh my, she's so cool. And I remember you're one of the first people who did use influencers. Like, this is totally I, I remember this. Like I could I could ver- verify that this is actually like what yes, happened. So sweet. <laughs> it's so yeah, funny. Because so I remember. Yeah, it's it was great. Yeah. I was working with like Vegas Nay and everybody back then. And we would, Vegas Nay and I would post a photo of lip gloss. And before you knew it, I mean, she would have that thing, a lip gloss that nobody ever looked at. And there'd be 5,000 orders in a minute. You know, and, and it was crazy because you know, that, and it was authentic. You know, we didn't have to pay people to be influencers back then. It was more of a conversation, you know, um, a relationship. And I think, you know, the two biggest commodities we have in life are time being the number one. You know, people don't value time, which is why I told you earlier that, you know, we all have the same amount of time, but we all don't use it the same way. And um, we also don't know how to say no to people. And I've learned at an early age how to say no why? Because it affects my time. So number one, biggest commodity time. Number two, relationship building, you know, and building relationships and putting value on those. So for me, building relationships with people like Vegas Nay and, 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 you know, Tenny and, you know, all of the great girls that I built, Marianne, all the great girls that I built relationships with back in 2013, who were incredible influencers and still are Desi, everybody, you know, I had relationships with all of them. It was all just a friendship and people did things on friendship. It was such a special time. And I'll never forget that because people did things differently back then. Right, right. Yeah, it's so funny because you're mentioning these names that I'm thinking about. Like, I, are, these, are they all still around now? Yeah, they're okay. all still around. I have to go back check their accounts. But um... <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I have to do that with some of them too. Right. I remember Vegas Nay because I remember she's very, she's dark, right? Like she's um, yeah. Middle Eastern. She's, she's beautiful. So- She's beautiful. She's beautiful. Yeah, 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 I remember. Um, wow. Okay. Now I want to ask you, what are your Instagram boundaries? Like, how do you separate your personal life with your work life? Like, how do you decide and how do you decide what to post everything, what not to post? I just, I just post what makes me feel good. 
Uh, I don't have a real strategic structure to it. I don't do it. I don't, I, I use, you know, my brand pages like Moda's for their, for what they want to talk about shop, what it, for what it wants to talk about. For mine, it's more whatever makes me feel good. I love current events. I love my family. So a lot of times I'll focus on, you know, what's happening in the world or what I'd like to see more of or inspiring people with conversation um, or, you know, just sharing just information about me. So I really do focus on that viewer, that friend. I like to call him a friend, somebody who's followed me, somebody who I've, I follow a lot of people that I haven't ever met in person, but I see them as real friends today. You know, I really try to make sure they understand who I am and know who I am, make sure that, you know, they want to be following me. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I think everyone who's following you wants to be following you. <laughs> <That's for real. laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I'm so fortunate. I, I love everybody who follows me and I love interacting with them. That's why, you know, people always get surprised when I respond right away to them. I think it's because, you know, real people want to hear from a real person. You know, I, I can't, you know, somebody sent me a list of questions today for an interview said, oh, do you think these questions are okay for an interview? I was like, oh no, can you just not do the questions for me? I'd rather do my own, you know, because for me, it's always about, I want you to hear the answer from me. I want it to be my answer. I want it to be authentic. And, you know, I believe that people will always succeed when they're their authentic self. Right. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so important for sure. Yeah. Okay. So I think you definitely spoke about it a little bit with the piece of, with the advice that you gave, but do you have any other advice that you want to want to share with women who are trying to become, you know, social media influencers, let's say, and entrepreneurs? Yeah, I think, you know, for entrepreneurs and anyone, I mean, you know, to be an influencer is a very successful business today, but I mean, I think the most important thing is, is like I said, never give up never quit, check your circle, do the hardest things first. People waste a lot of time every day. Don't put your life, your friendship life in front of what you need to do for you because people who love you and respect you, you can have both. It just means don't go to the dinner with your girlfriends if you're not done with your work. Don't go to the, the movies with your girlfriends unless you're done with your work. That doesn't mean don't see your friends at all. And that's not what I'm saying. Because sometimes people are like, oh, I don't want to do that. That's such a boring life. I don't, I want to see my friends. No, I see my friends too all the time. But I fit it in, in perspective with what I have to do. So, you know, for instance, one of my friend's birthdays actually, you know, this evening. And, you know, I won't be able to make it one because I'm very cautious of COVID right now. So as much as I love him and I want to be there, I put things in perspective. I've got to be good for a lot of events I have coming up. So I got to make sure I take care of myself and my family. So to put myself in a situation where I don't know who's who, and who's, I just have to say no sometimes. But guess what? I'll celebrate you by myself. You know, I'll take you out and do something. We can come over to the boat and have a fun day. Saying no to people doesn't mean no. It just means not now. And people confuse no with not, not now, you know. And, and, you know, sometimes you do have to take that big step to cut people out of your life and get the scissors and cut people off and people are afraid to do that. And I got to tell you, it is the number one thing that makes you feel free. You know, it's the number one thing that makes you feel free. And sometimes even like if somebody you love or a person who's in your family just has a negative attitude, I'll just ignore them, you know, for a little while, take a mental break from them until finally they realize like I've been ignoring you for a reason. Cause I don't feel like hanging out with somebody who's just negative or wants to complain. And so I've learned that 
otherwise you get sucked into it. Otherwise you're all of a sudden you're on the bully pulpit, you're fighting with everybody, you've lost the day. And it's like, what's the point in all this if I can't accomplish anything? So now I've just learned to walk away from it or you know, hang up on the phone or whatever you're doing. And so you really have to do that. And that's a tough thing to do. And I highly recommend that everybody do that. And then, you know, of course, keep a list and set dates, set a goal. Like nothing is real unless you can actually put dates to it. Unless you can measure it, it doesn't exist. You have to put dates and goals and deadlines on paper, right? You have to make sure that you are literally setting an example and the only way to do that is to put a date to it, a goal to it, you know, and if you miss it and you, but at least you go work really hard to get there, you're going to get really close. You can't fail. You still win. But if you don't set a date on it, let's face it, nothing ever happens. Right. And so, you know, I'm really big on those things. You know, I'm my harshest critic. I'll, I'll always say, I meant to get this done by the 15th of this month and it's the 16th. And so I'll work harder to make it happen in the next two days. And I'll do a, a really great job of it because I don't want to let me down. And that's the thing. Most people live their life for other people. And I live my life for me and making sure I'm setting examples and goals that I want to hit that make me proud. I don't really need a whole lot of accolades. I've never been that girl. It's funny. My husband gave me a really big bonus yesterday and he was like, oh, did you get the check I gave you? And I was like, thank you so much. I love that. That was so nice of you. And he goes, I just want to let you know how much I appreciate you. And of course, it's always great to hear it from your husband. But I'm not that girl who needs a whole lot of accolades because I, if I compliment myself, I feel good. If I feel like I've done a good job and I showed up and I, you know, did my part or more than my part, you know, I think that's something else I recommend. People do as little as they have to do. Do more. Do much more than people expect. If you, if somebody's paying you to do a post, give them more than they expect. People will remember it. If you're telling somebody, oh, I'll give you, you know, give me $500 and I'll do a post, then give them a little bit more than they expect to do it. Because you know what? Most people just do as little as they have to do. And people who do more always stand out from the crowd. I've always seen them like, wow, do you see her? She always does more. She always gives more. She's always got more to say. She's always going to give me more time than I asked for, you know? And, and I feel like, you know, that's what people should do. Like I do sometimes a lot of interviews with people and you do the podcast are like 15 to 20 minutes. And I'll be like, that's the end of the interview. Like I showed up just for 15 or 20 minutes. Are you kidding me? But I have so much more to give. If I show up, it's, I'm going to give you it on my all. Right. Right. You no. Know? So give people more than they expect. They get excited about that. Don't you think? A hundred percent. That's such a great piece of advice. Yeah, absolutely. I've seen that go both ways. When I've given people more than they expect and when I receive more, I always remember those people. Always. Of course. It's a standout for sure. It's like, that's the stellar one you want to work with. Right. Right. Totally. So is there anything you wish you would have known before you started out? You've mentioned all these lessons in life that you learned from your business and everything, but how about when you first, like, how did you learn everything? You know, was there something that you wish you would have learned in the beginning? I mean, I think, you know, if I could go back, I don't have any regrets in my life at all. Actually, I know that sometimes people say, oh, you must have a regret. I really don't. I mean, if there's any regret at all, it was that, you know, I wish I, I did go to college anyway. Um, not because I need to, but because I would have, I would have loved the experience, I think. Um, but I also want, my husband always said, you know, in order to be an entrepreneur, you have to be smart enough um, to believe in yourself and, and not worry so much about, because school won't always teach you all the things you need to know. 
I mean, let's face it, there's people out there with student loans all the way up, you know, that for years, they're never able to pay them off. It's really unfortunate. They, you know, you go to high school and then you end up putting you in an SAT and nobody ever prepped you for the SAT. It's ridiculous. And then you go to college and you're, you know, mounted in debt and you can't even get a job in the field that you wanted to go for, right? right. So for me, I think I would have, whether I've been going to college or just focusing more on school and paying attention more, uh, I think that's always one that stands out because I think, and only because I think that's because I'm so smart, I wonder what, how much smarter I would have been. <laughs> <laughs> My husband just walked in and said I went to his university, <laughs> which is true. That's so but, funny. You know, that's the only thing. And then maybe as I've gotten something I probably would have told my younger self, which is to, to stop and enjoy the roses along the way, to stop and really smell the roses along the way. And, and, and I, I'm a big laugher. You know, I love to laugh. And people who make me laugh, I'm, uh, I grab them like a magnet. I want them around me all the time. And so um, I have a friend who's always here with me who makes me laugh all the time. But I think I would, you know, laugh and 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 not take everything so seriously because I really was highly committed to prove a point to myself. And you know, I also, even though my dad was amazing, my dad was always the one who would say, like, oh, you're never gonna make it. You should just get a regular job. You know, you think you're gonna marry, you know, a really successful guy, which of course I didn't at the time. You know, Jar wasn't successful at the time. You know, he just was really bright and intelligent and had great vision. Um, and I, I loved him, but you know, it's hard when your own dad tells you, you're not going to make it. You kind of have this desire to prove him wrong. Right. And I wanted to so bad. I wanted to, you know, prove to him and I, I'll never forget when I was, and I hit that, you know, I was really successful at that point. And at that point, you know, Mark and America and shop.com were doing amazing and Motos is doing amazing like it is today. And then I was on HSN for a few years. Because, you know, they asked me to come work for him. And I remember he called in and he was saying like how proud he was of me. Um, and I think that was the first time I'd ever really heard that because you're so used to hearing from your parents, you know, or sometimes some people's parents are telling them like, you know, you should just go get a regular job and have that white picket fence and have three or four kids and, you know, just, you know, live paycheck to paycheck. And that was by no means what I wanted to do. Right, right. You know? And I also feel like when you're trying to make it, the last bit of advice I'll give you or tell everybody is that when you're really trying to make it, and this is something that like actually Jennifer Lopez and I used to say all the time to each other, when you're really trying to make it, first of all, love yourself a lot. Love yourself a lot and that's okay. You should feel good. If you can't love yourself, you can't love anybody else. And I always used to tell everyone around me, including my own family, my husband, my daughter and everybody, you gotta love yourself more than you love me because you know, you're the one who's got to wake up and see yourself every single day. So that's number one. Number two is when you're growing in the process of being an entrepreneur, right? And things, you know, suffer, you know, you're trying to juggle a lot because everybody's like, what's the magic formula for juggling? There is no magic formula, folks. <laughs> if you haven't figured out, there is no magic formula. You do the best you can. And that's the secret. So doing the best you can and what may be my normal is not somebody else's normal. So if I keep my kids up till 10.30 at night because I want to see them, instead of putting them to bed at eight o'clock at night, that's what's normal for me and it works for me. So what works for you and what your normal is may not be normal for someone else. And guess what? That's okay. You don't have to be like everybody else. 
in order to succeed. You can do what works for you. So if you say, you know what, my normal is I'm going to work from, you know, I work from 5 p.m. till 2.30 in the morning because that's when I get it in. I fit it in and I kind of shut down my time and that's what I do. And people used to think I was crazy doing that. But I did what it takes to make it happen. So what's not normal for someone else may be normal for you and it's what works for you and do it. And don't have mom guilt, don't have woman guilt, don't have guilt that, you know, because you may not have kids, but don't have guilt that you won't see your family, your friends for a minute. It's okay. You'll survive. So will they. <laughs> it's so true. Yeah, I know. I love that you that you mentioned that about normal because I think everyone has this pressure to be normal, but like there really is no normal. You know what I mean? They're all dysfunctional. We're all dysfunctional. We, I say that with great respect. My husband always told me there's no normal people in this world. We're all crazy. And anybody who doesn't want to admit to it is crazier. Right. You know, so we are all we are all a little bit loony and we all have to laugh a little bit while we're trying to keep our sanity. And I just always tell everybody, stop trying to be so hard on yourself. Stop trying to make everything be so perfect. Just go with the flow. And if it's like, that's why I always tell my daughter, because my daughter is really great, but she'll like try to put the kids to bed at nine. And, you know, so she can have a little bit of time at night. And I get it. For, if you want to do that because you want time at night, that makes sense. But if you want the kids to stay up and you don't, you, you need to have not have mom guilt about letting the kids stay up until raging till 1030. Let them have fun. If you're letting them have fun doing it, let them have fun doing it. Don't worry about school tomorrow. Because let me tell you something. I used to, I tell her all the time, do you remember the days? I used to take you to school and we'd be on the way to school and I'd say like, Amber, let's skip school today and go shopping at the mall. And she used to say, mom, really? And I'd say, yes. And you know what? Those are the things I think that she remembers the most. The things that stand out in her mind, the things that she says, you know what, mom, thank you for doing that. Thank you for, you know, doing those cool things. Nobody ever did those things. And, you know, I, I didn't, focus on what the teacher or the principal would say and sorry if they hear this today you know, it still wasn't wasn't the most important thing and it still isn't the relationship that building of that relationship is the commodity that makes all the difference in the world I love that you're saying that happens to be my mom is very similar to you like she I remember her taking she, she called it a mental health day which we went skiing for the day instead of going to school and my teacher called her and she's like what are you doing like she has to come to school and I was like it won't hurt a day or two over here and there, you know? I love that. I love that she would say we're taking a mental health day. Exactly. That's what we would do. Right, right. It's the best. And one big lesson from this entire conversation that's standing out not, is to do what's best for you and being authentic to yourself, not looking at what every, everyone else is doing. And that's going to really bring you success. Sounds like you're saying. Yeah, I, it is what I'm saying. And I'm saying that, by the way, there's room for everybody. But in order for you to get where you want to go, you kind of have to put your blinders on. You have to make the space for yourself. You have to set yourself up to succeed. You have to be around those people who are going to push you to success. You have to be around those people who you're going to say no to and they're not going to be offended and they're going to get it. And then find the ones that stand out. You know, like people always want to throw every, oh, well, come work for me and I'll pay you so much. And meanwhile, they're starving. They don't have any money to pay themselves because they're the ones who own it. Instead of throwing money at everybody, how about bringing along a couple of good friends like we did and say, you know what? We can't afford to pay anybody right now. But if you stick with us, I promise you that later in life, I'm going to owe you big time. This is what I'm going to give you two months of salary when we make it. Whatever it takes, make commitments like that. People will show up, but don't do it for everyone. 
If somebody's not doing what they said they're going to do, tell them right then. So many people are so afraid of confrontation. Men are actually the worst at it. They do not have a conversation that takes confronting somebody. They'd rather have somebody else do it. Women do it all the time. We confront people all the time, whether it be our family, our kids, our husbands, our boyfriends, our spouses, whatever, school, whatever it is. But, you know, if somebody's not performing and they're supposed to perform, you have to say, you know what? I need to sit down with you. Here's what we're missing. Here's what I expect. This is what I need from you. And I know you're doing this for nothing. You're only making a few dimes, but I have big plans for you for the future. But maybe you're not part of that. Maybe you're not part of that. And that's okay too. I get it. I only want to keep my commitment to giving you more money later if you can keep your commitment to me right now and showing up. And that's a hard conversation to have. But let me tell you something. You'll find out who your players are fast. Yes. You'll find out who they are. Absolutely. Yeah. You know? For sure. And that's important. Yeah. So let me ask you, okay. Okay. So this is the question that I ask everyone, which I'm sure you'll have a lot to say about this. What is something that you hope the next generation of women won't have to struggle with? Oh gosh. I, obviously it's, you know, defending the fact that they're a woman. I mean, you know, uh, and, and, and trying to make the same amount of money that men make. I think women should be paid at least what men make at least. You know, we have so much to bring to the table, so much to offer. So I do hope that the next generation gets paid what they deserve without having to ask for it, that it's just a give me. And I also hope that, you know, women are appreciated for all the multi things that they do. Like I always say, women can multitask better than men. Women can confront better than men. Women can do so many things better than men, but we don't get the credit for it. And that, that, really disturbs me because some days I just want to sit back and say, okay, well, since you do that so well, I'll sit back while you do it. <laughs> and you know, it'll never happen, <laughs> but you know, you just do it because you're a woman and you don't want to see it fall apart. So, you know, I, I hope that um, women understand their value. And a lot of times I think it's, I think the thing I'd rather see more than anything is for women to understand their value for women to see it before other people see it. Because a lot of times we don't, we don't think we're worth it for whatever reason in the world. And, and, you know, you can ask a group of women and, um, you know, Bren Brown did this really well. You ask a group of women or men, you know, why they don't have something. And it's, it's simply because they don't feel like they're worthy of it. They don't feel like they deserve it. And I wish that people would see things differently because we're all entitled and deserve to be, you know, financially free and have time freedom and be able to create and design the life that we desire and achieve. But, you know, we have to do some work for that. So once we believe we're worthy of that, you know, we're halfway there. And, you know, a lot of times we're in the way of our own success. You know, we get in the way of our own success and we don't believe that we deserve it. We don't believe that we're worthy of it. And, you know, I hope that women do see that in themselves for the future, because I think it's such an important part of the equation. For sure. And yeah, we're so powerful to change the way our life goes. Powerful girl. Yeah. Powerful. <laughs> okay. And Lauren, where can people find you if they want to learn more about you? Oh gosh. At shop.com at Lauren Reitinger at, at, 
at uh, Instagram and Facebook at Lauren Reitinger, as well as Twitter. They can find me. I'm easy to find. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me today, uh, Lauren. I adore you. That's all for tonight. Thanks so much for listening. Connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Carmela Cosmetics. That's Carmela with a K. And on our website, CarmelaCosmetics.com. If there's a woman in your life whose story needs to be heard, send me a message to let me know who she is and why she means so much to you. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to know your thoughts. We want you to feel heard. 